What's up, Lemonheads? This is Crystal coming to you live from Austin, Texas at the Marketing Pro Workshop with Service Titan. And today at the break, they did a little contest wheel, and I think we hit another jackpot with Steve here, who was actually sitting right close to me, and he said, hey, that's me. So um, Steve's been on some podcasts before, so he's no stranger to the game, but we're gonna be talking about some interesting things about how he got into the industry, but a super cool part about how he has really integrated women into his leadership team. So let's sip some lemonade. Lemonheads, I love it. Lemonheads, yes. Awesome. So, Steve with Bonsky Heating and Cooling and Simpson Salute. Thank God for name tags. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was really interested. We didn't get a lot of time to talk, but I wanted to hear a little bit about how you got into this industry because you haven't been here that long no. in this space, right? I'm a newbie. It seems like usually when you talk to people in the HVAC space, they yes. were born into it, yes. brought into it, yes. fifth generation of, yes. uh, of HVAC worker, and that was not me. Yeah. So I actually worked for uh, in the Fortune 500 space. So okay. uh, went worked for Sprint Nextel through college. Okay. Um, they, they tried to get me to stay with them afterwards, but I actually took a position with, uh, it was a small ESOP company, about 360 million a year called yep. Comdoc. Okay. And then about a year after I worked there, uh, they were acquired by Xerox Corporation for a big mega deal and oh. immediately became the most profitable uh, company within the Xerox portfolio. Oh. Uh, so I was quickly moved my way up to the management team as being a, a pretty High performing sales guy, yeah, and worked my way up to. But you have you have a good personality, so uh, I can see how people would be like, "Oh, yeah, you do sales, so that doesn't really surprise well, thank me." You. So yes, thank you, so thank you. <laughs> so then, so what made you go? You know what, HVAC. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Xerox brought in uh, kind of like a corporate, you know, team of folks to restructure the company around 2000. It's probably around 2015, 16. The culture really started to shift from that ESOP culture that we had created, mm -hmm. which was just an amazing, like award-winning, top-performing culture that we had to more of that Fortune 500 culture that really focused more on P&Ls instead of culture and providing yeah. your clients. And there was, a, there was an end game. They were trying to position everything pre-COVID for either a buy or to be bought by HP. So okay. it was going to be this mega deal that was already pre-approved. Of course, COVID hit 2019, shelved the whole thing. And uh, they, they were really kind of struggling, trying to feel their way through the dark during COVID. It was yeah. very business-to-business -business oriented. And uh, I, was, I was struggling with that, working from home and uh, doing a lot of conference calls. And in the meantime, my best friend who uh, had went out of high school straight into the trade space, went to trade okay. school, okay. we're similar in age. And uh, for the last 10 years, we had spent so much time talking about how his business and HVAC kind of uh, also mirrored my business in the technology space, which is weird, right? Yeah, yeah. But you think about it, we're both selling products. Yeah. We both have to go install the products we sell. Yeah. And then we have to service them until they become obsolete and qualify for replacement. So yeah. we, we were managing the same sales force, the same install force, the same service teams. So we, we drew all these parallels in the way that we could motivate them, the way that we could keep them, you know, very focused on goals, the way that we could uh, offer career paths. Synergies with all those departments. So completely different businesses, but still similarly managed. So we would kind of rob and duplicate from each other, you know, R&D, as so yes, many people do yes. in the businesses. And uh, we just, uh, you know, found a passion for helping each other through our business. So going back to that friendship, it was about the time the COVID stuff started getting uh, real hot and heavy. And I saw his business just keep right on moving, right? Yeah, the need yeah. was still there. And uh, he started kind of tugging at my heartstrings saying like, hey, what would it take at that time? It was about a three and a half, four million dollar business that he okay. owned. And uh, for this hard work, working hard, yeah, hard work. He was a, he's a grinder. He's yes. got a heart of gold. He's a yes. great human being. 
He's, uh, he was actually, at one time, the only technician installer for the company. He's one of the most technically aptitude in the HVAC trade space oh. that you'll ever meet. He's nerded up with guys like Jim Bergman, who developed okay. MeasureQuick, who's done yeah. true tech tools. And so he's very well respected. His name's Chad Simpson, by the way. Okay. Uh, he's about six foot four, very oh. character looking guy, yeah. very tall and thin, good looking dude. But so he, he's attracted a lot of uh, other attention in the trade space. But neither one of us are you know, the social media gurus. So we just kind of live in Northeast Ohio, run our game over there, <laughs> have grown significantly. So this year we're on a $17 million budget, in two awesome. and a half years. We've grown, you know, 40, probably about 4X or a little more than. So yeah. we're excited about that, and uh, yeah, so he pulled me in. We uh, created, a, we went and bought some other companies that we own together, and then I serve as COO of Simpson Salute. So awesome. uh, to create the processes and the vision. Well, I've always said, it doesn't matter necessarily what you're selling. <laughs> if you have good processes, yes. and you have good personalities, and you just are good, honest people, you will be successful. It's more about the strategies that you put in place and the synergies between departments. So, I mean, I say this to people, they'll say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really good at HVAC, I hate to add plumbing. And I'm like, well, do you have processes in place? So whether you're installing a water heater or a condenser, the overall processes are very, very similar. So that's Cri good to hear that. Cri Crystal's right, lemonade. <laughs> Drink that lemonade. Exactly well, because right. marketing, I, again, this was a conversation I had today with some other contractors, like operationally, marketing can not stand on its own so if there's nobody on the operational side like making it work and grinding every day uh, marketing is a complement well, to good it's actually the exact opposite so the more you spend on marketing the more you're going to be burning those dollars if you don't have the processes yes. the people to support it and you know that's something i'm actually going to be at the uh, service hero event next week in okay. or utah at any hour okay why i'd have worth and uh, garrett elmore yeah. and spearheading that event so I'm going to talk about the importance of maximizing leads, okay. which is kind of my forte. So I've always been in the space of, you know, going out and recruiting top tier talent to maximize those leads. Yes. And the technology space are a lot harder to come by yes. than uh, the trade space where yes. someone's furnace breaks and, you know, they're making a buying decision in the next 48 hours. So for a lot of folks that we pulled from that industry to this, it's kind of like fish in a barrel because yeah. uh, they're very good at building relationships, very charismatic, mm -hmm. you know, uh, forming rapport with homeowners in a very short period of time. So they have extremely high closing rates. But yeah, a passion for just the industry too. So uh, this is why people are always like, oh, you haven't been in this industry very long. Yeah. Because people are like, are you in it? And I personally am all for the whole mix. I love the whole mix of, you've got the guys that sweat equity, their grandpa, they're, I mean, I'm from that, that's that's my, where I come from. They're the background um, of the industry, Yeah, right? and then you've got, but you've got some young, active, vibrant guys team women coming into the industry that are killing it just by being aggressive i mean they've got their head down and they're blowing past some guys that have been in business 20 years right. um, i mean we we talk to people limit seat i talk to contractors pretty consistently that have been in business over 10 15 years three million dollars and i'm like man you've worked really hard to be at three million dollars mm -hmm. like i want so much more for them that's nothing to do with limit seat. I just like I want you to have an end game, and you gotta kind of give a little bit and like loosen up some, yeah. get tighter on those operations, and let's loosen up a little bit on the marketing, and we will rock and roll. So. And listen, there's, there's something to be said for that three million dollar twenty year yeah. guy who 
you know, I just described as the backbone of the industry because one thing I know about that $3 million a year guy, if he's doing it well, he's probably running a very profitable business. Yes. You know, he's probably making a really good income from yes. it. He probably has some really nice toys in his garage. Yes, he is. He certainly has way less stress. Amen, amen, yeah. But P&L doesn't quite matter as much, yes. Correct, yes. yeah. We, we have a saying, you can't spend gross margin percent, right? Well, so and, he's, and got, he's got some dollars in his pocket. Absolutely, and those are my... Those are my people. Like, I love them. I just want to hug them yeah. and say, you've worked so hard. And you're such a good person, probably. Like, everybody loves you. And, and so, there's just, I love all the variety that comes from the industry. Um, but that does lead me to, you made an interesting comment to me in the room earlier. Uh, we were talking about women in the industry. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you said, oh, man, like, we really identified some key people in a lot of our leadership. So, I serve on the board for the women at HVACR. And we're always talking, like, women, I, so... Girls, calm down when I say what I'm about to say, women. But I don't necessarily want a seat at the table because I'm a girl. Right. I want to earn my seat at the table. But I do think sometimes you have to get people to recognize that women, all anyone really, but women really don't underestimate women because um, they may appear like they don't have a good skill set yet or whatever. But they always bring something. There's a there's just something about. A woman's touch to certain processes yeah. and listen I just want people to be interviewed for who they are for face value because I am I'm very driven um, I love to lead people I'm very empathetic um, versus my brother who's very a high D personality super driven very did you just reference to this profile? I do. So we use this profile. So I'm a high I. Yes, I'm a high I. My brother's a high D. Um, and so I just try to go to him. He does not want me to give him any fluff. But I know to just text him and say, hey, so-and-so, this is a good example. So-and-so's grandmother died. You need to be at the funeral home on this day, right? And he'll go. Yeah. I, on the other hand, am calling the employee, hey, what can we do for you? I'm taking food. I'm shaking hands. I'm hugging on them. I'm being there for them because that's my personality style. And I'm better at it than he is. His personality is he's going to show up because he knows he needs to show and up. Intrinsically, that's like in you as yes. a guy, right? So well, I'm, I'm a D. Yeah, shocker. So yeah. <laughs> We're never picked up on that. Your way, yes. <laughs> but I, I just want to say, like, we've I've met so many women that I'm like, man, somebody missed a good opportunity here. So tell me a little bit about, like, how, how you discovered that or what yeah. you... I love the woman's touch. Give me some woman's touch. Yes. Right <laughs> so we have uh, some incredible female leaders in the organization. And I really learned that through, again, Xerox and Comdoc, where we had uh, women inter interweaved into our organizational structure, not just at you know a, a foundational level, but also at that higher level management. Mm -hmm. And you know one of the strongest female leaders within our organization, she was the director of HR, is actually who just came in and did the disc assessment for our entire leadership team. Because awesome. she kind of went into semi-retirement, formed her own consulting firm. And I watched her work her magic in keeping, you know, all these, you know, we had 600 employees yes. straight. Yeah. And she was great at developing leaders and giving them the coaching they needed. And, you know, really uh, some strong-willed folks who, like me, who was yeah. arrogant at 23 and thought I knew everything. Yes. And somehow she was even able to shape me into you know, <laughs> so a respectable leader, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. But she came in and, and was able to do that assessment. But, uh, you know, if you look at our organization, so uh, a lot of our management team are females. They're fantastic. You're exactly right. They have this... Uh, innate ability. It's not like it's um, you know magic. It's mm -hmm. it's literally they're in their DNA that they yes. are more empathetic than yep. men. They do have more emotional intelligence than men. Mm -hmm. uh, in most cases, they're just stronger than men. A lot of men yeah. don't want to admit yeah. that. Like I could probably lift more weight than you, but you know I can't push a baby. Yeah. Know, <laughs> certain places, right? Like 
So, I mean, they're incredibly strong. Now, I've seen this my entire life because I had I was raised by a really strong core women. Uh-huh. My mom is an absolute beast, Stephanie. Uh, she was she was the one that raised me while my dad traveled with my sister and my brother, and she's just an incredibly strong woman. My grandma was a teacher who, if you walked down the line, she was absolutely the one that whipped her right back into shape. I yeah. got fly swattered a couple times. But you know, now like now you're like, man, I'm so grateful. So grateful for the, the strong yes. females in my life because I think they also helped improve my emotional intelligence. Yeah. I'm not as good at it as, as I want to be. And I oftentimes think of these ideas that I think are inspired by the things that they kind of embedded yeah. in me, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, at the same time, sometimes struggle to execute because I still am fighting that male genetic DNA yeah. that I'm yeah. like, you know, that still got to be tough and go yeah. to the No one knows shit. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and, we, and you know, Chad, Chad is another is my business partner. He, he's another one that's you know probably better than most men at you know being able to convey that emotion and be in touch with that. But at the same time, you know, we're we're still men, so we struggle. Yeah. So you got to get those women on board. And what's amazing is you you, you you don't lose anything by hiring women. I think that's the fear is oh okay, so I'll improve my emotional intelligence, I'll improve my empathy by hiring women in my leadership team. But what am I going to lose? And my personal experience, I don't lose anything. Yeah. They're just as tough. They're just as smart. They're just as you literally lose nothing, right? Everything is a net add. So why would you not diversify your team and get all those things that I'm you like, can't get by only hiring men? Yeah, I'm laughing because I had this contractor and he really he meant well. But when I was talking to him, I was like, Hey, you've got to get a CSR that can book these leads. Like you've got all of these leads coming in and you're just not booking them. And I said, You know, go out, find you a really fun lady or, or, or someone that's more emotionally driven that can be a bright light in your office like welcoming the team in the yeah. mornings and answering the phones and he goes well when you find them like they have babies and they have kids and the kids get sick and I'm like sir oh my goodness sir so hire two of them yeah <laughs> I mean, you, but you are correct um, yeah. women sometimes do carry a lot more um, personal responsibilities when it comes to the children they or sure, whatever. Sure doing my house. Yes, that. yes. That. Whatever that looks like. But there are females like me. I have two kids. Yeah. My husband and I just like, hello, we are a partnership. Yeah. Um, and so there's there's the way that the Lord intended me to be as a mom. Mm-hmm. I take care of my kids. I do what I need to do. But it doesn't hurt my husband to pick my kids up from school one day so I can be a little right. late for a customer coming in. Yeah. Right. So there's a difference in like giving up your whole identity as a mom. So it sounds believe like it's me. a great dynamic. And, yeah. and you're a beast like my wife is a beast. And, <laughs> well, and believe me, we can um, we can adapt. Yeah. And so I just need an opportunity. You set expectations, and I promise you, I will explode over those expectations. And so um, I'm really, I was really um, impressed with that with that thought. Do you think that your team, so obviously technicians, installers, I'm assuming, are predominantly male um, on your team? So how do they respond differently to the women versus the men? Do you notice that? Well, I think it starts with Chad and I. So they, they know that the women are not there to be taken advantage of. Say it again for the people in the back. So, so <laughs> the it leadership starts, it starts at the top. Yes. So when they see Chad and I play such high value within our female leadership team, within our female, you know, employees. I think that sets the standard that, you know, and there's been a couple of occasions, there always will be where something's said or something's done mm-hmm. and being ahead of it. So we immediately nip it in the bud. We're not bashful when we pull someone in a conversation and say, this is it. It will not happen again. You will not talk to them that way. It won't be spoken. I'm not even sure why you're thinking that way yeah. because here's what they do that fuels your paycheck. Um, so, so we're pretty quick to nip that yeah. in the bud. Now, we, yeah, I would love to have more female installers. And, uh, oh, which, yes, yes. But we do have a couple, believe it or not, which is more than most. Yes. And, uh, and, they're, and they're phenomenal. And uh, we make them, you know, we make them know from the very beginning, like, we got your back. If something yeah. happens, you need to bring it straight to us so we can fix it. And yeah, we're here support. Women don't want that because yeah. they want to fight their own battles. Yeah. But the reality is when you are in, you know, a primarily male-dominated industry, 
they need that support. And as a leader, you owe it to them to have their back without them feeling like they're ratting or tattling yes, on someone. Yes, like here she comes leaders. again. Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, I really appreciate the emotional and insight into that because women are fantastic in the home with talking to homeowners. They're non-threatening. They tend to be tidier, quicker, and so there's there's all. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, there's tons of perks. And I just want to say, I just don't want people to. I'm not this huge like girl power, girls rule the world type of girl. I just like just if you have a little bit in you that's like, oh, it's girl. Yeah. Like, just let that go for a minute and like focus on what they can bring to the table. Sure. And I mean, we just had really good success. My brother's company. We have several on our team now, um, from the plumbing side to the HVAC side, um, and so we've seen it. And then, not to mention, your awesome CSRs dispatch a lot of people in the office HR tends to mostly be predominantly female and just honoring those people and acknowledging what they are so thank well, you for that I think you hit the nail on that earlier when you said like you don't you don't want to go hire women because they're women yes but you don't want to not hire women because they're women and yes. I think about you know when you're forming a really strong organization it's like baking a, a cake or a pie yes. right like there's different ingredients you need for that to come out and taste correctly mm -hmm. so if you're making a blueberry pie like the most obvious ingredient is blueberries yes but you need more because if you try to make a blueberry pie with all blueberries yeah it's just going to be a bowl of blueberries, yes. right? You need flour and you need baking powder, sugar, and so sugar and lots of other things. Yes. So I think when you look at your organization, if you want to be well balanced and well rounded, you got to look at the other ingredients you're missing. And a female can bring a lot of things to that pie that men can't bring. They're the blueberry. You need the sugar, as you mentioned. It's really yeah. important in making that that pie taste good, right? Yes. So I think that's the way organizations have to look at that. Is like you know, it's not necessarily. An advantage or disadvantage but what can they bring to the organization that we're now lacking that i can't get by hiring a man oh, that's great right? that's wonderful well so to wrap it up what is if you were talking to a contractor that's where you were a couple of years ago what is one piece of advice whether it's marketing or operations or hr what's one thing that if you had just one sentence or so that you could tell this this contractor, what would it be? What's your best piece of advice? Well, so someone that's at three and a half million that wants to grow quickly, I would say make sure that's what you want to do. You know, for us, there was no doubt. Uh, you know, Chad and I were 35 and 37 respectively when we started that growth. We knew we had the energy, we knew we had the runway, we knew we had the staff, we knew we had a bullpen of employees that we could pull from so we wouldn't face the staffing challenge a lot of companies face during the growth uh, phases. So we were very confident it was what we wanted to do. And the one thing that we underestimated was the stockpile of cash. We needed yeah. to, to really go into it well. Yeah. Uh, so I would encourage someone to stockpile some cash yeah. uh, because it takes money to grow. It really Absolutely. does and it's stressful um, and you're gonna sacrifice some net to grow quickly. And I yeah. know some people might say, well, we have it. Well, yeah, if you already have a stockpile of cash, then of course you're not sacrificing it. Yeah. But, um, that, you know, we tried to do it through, and we have done it through our operating cash flow. Uh, we haven't taken on any partnerships to do that. That's something else that someone at that stage would have to consider is, do I want to take on a partner in order to grow quickly and potentially you know, give up part of my company or do I want to do it organically while maintaining all my ownership? Um, so those are the kind of things you got to think about. Absolutely. But I would just encourage those people, you know, to really give us some thought and to maybe yeah. talk to some people who have gone through it. I was going to say, get a trusted resource Correct. of and people that have gone through it. Biggest thing I would tell you is just be careful. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of sharks out there in this space now. Mm -hmm. um, five years ago, they weren't there. 
And now private equity is taking on a whole new interest. There's a lot of people that want to partner but take part of your company. Make sure you know what you're getting yeah. in return for giving up part of your company. If that's the route you decide to go, make sure that those companies are aligned with you from a value perspective yes. and the things that you hold near and dear. Um, things like you know, hiring females and yes. uh, all, all the things, right? Those are really important things. And uh, you know, my, my kind of unique advantage in that space is that I got to go through it with the Fortune 500 company. I got to see the implications of not always having alignment. And so I'm pretty steadfast and Chad and I are usually perfectly aligned that we won't sacrifice you know, certain core values or certain things we won't do to grow quickly. You know, I think what we're building is extremely strong and stable. Yeah. And I see a lot of companies right now kind of propping up a house of cards. Yes. On the outside, you worry like what's gonna happen when the strong breeze comes. Yeah. I'm very confident that what we are building is still gonna be there. And I'm not so sure that in the next five years you're not gonna see some of these, you know, what seem like really big companies struggle. Yeah. Because they weren't built upon a strong foundation. No, no, it's very flashy. Yeah. Very flashy. Very flashy, flashy. flashy. We love pretty things, right? Yes. People love yes. chasing the pretty, shiny things. Yes. We get caught up in that too. But. Oh, yes. Very, well, it's easy to do. So, <laughs> well, guys, thank you for listening to another episode here with Steve from Bonsky and Bonsky Heating and Cooling. And then after Simpson Salute. I love it. It's a great story. <laughs> That's Dan Antonelli. That's our Dan Antonelli kick charge. I, I love anything that kick charge does, it's fantastic. So, so they're, so they're great. A great company. So, well, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of From the Yellow Chair. If you love what you've heard, please go like our um, podcast on all of our social media channels. We love to get feedback from you guys. So, thank you so much, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you.